This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here we are again, hoping that for once, this is the weekend where the run for Ipswich Town begins. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and this is the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We're available every week on YouTube video and podcast audio and joining me to talk about Forest Green. Is this the week, Seb? Is this the week where the second half of the season kicks into gear? Firstly, how are you, mate? Good to see you again. I'm good, thank you. Yeah, good to be in your company again this evening. I really hope it starts this week. I gave my Chichilian sign-off at the end of the pre-match show. I kind of figured it was going to be lift off a, an amazing performance against Wednesday. It was going to be followed up with an amazing performance against Bristol, and we were going to be up and running for this last third of the season, but it's not quite gone to plan this week, has it? So, fingers crossed, 5pm on Saturday, we'll all feel a little bit better about the situation than maybe some of us do at the moment. Yeah, well, should we talk about the state of the mood? Um, the guys did a really good show on Wednesday night, Mikey, uh, Craig and Joe about the Bristol Rovers game. So we're not going to drill into that too much, but I don't know about you, Seb. I, I've, I'm using Twitter less and less um, and Telegram more and more. And again, we advertise it every week. But if you're of a, kind of a similar mental disposition to me that negativity drags you down and makes you feel depressed then Twitter's not a great place to be an Ipswich Town fan right now. The hashtag ITFC timeline is pretty depressing, isn't it? And and I guess people are, are right to be frustrated, disappointed with the run that we've gone um, on of late. But a lot of catastrophizing, I'd call it, um, about Kieran McKenna, certainly, Seb. What's your take on the situation here? Um, yeah, I won't, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it nice and open for you to interpret as you, as you see fit. I probably, like most of the fan base, am frustrated with what's gone on for the last, what feels like, two, three months now. But equally, I think I'm quite a rational person, you know, not too high with the highs, not too down with the downs. So I kind of think to myself, compare it to where we were. I know we've got, is it entitlement? Is it, you know, expectation? I know the guys debated this on last night's show. I know it's frustrating where we are, but if you compare to where we were 12 months ago, 24 months ago, 36 months ago, 
it's all so much further down the line. And I personally see that as a real positive. And of course, if we do finish fourth, fifth and go out in the playoffs and we're in League One again for another season, then yes, that is not how the plan was meant to go. I think everybody inside the four walls of Portman Road would admit that and they would say this is not what we had in plan you know, for year, year three of the project as it will be going into. But I think some perspective is needed a little bit. I don't agree with the McKenna out, bring in somebody else, bring in an experienced coach, he's rubbish, get him out, blah, blah. I just, I just, I just don't see that as, as an option. I think if you start doing that and start pushing nuclear buttons on, on management and coaching staff, then then what's the point? You know, you're ripping up this project you've invested heavily in that's clearly the Americans, the ownership group's preferred way of doing things. I think anybody that thinks McKenna is not exceptional at what he does, you know, from, a, from an elite level coach, just look at what we were doing last year compared to this year. I know things have dropped off recently, but if you just look at the patterns of play, the the, the, the goals scoring from set pieces that we couldn't do last year, the players that have moved on. This shows that he is able to get his methods and his techniques across on a training pitch. And whilst it is incredibly frustrating at the moment, we do perhaps need a little bit of perspective that spending money does not give you a God-given right to get out of this league. Sunderland were here for, was it four years? Sheffield United, six years. Forest, I think, were four years. You know, these are some big clubs, maybe even bigger than us, dare I say. They got stuck at this level. So whilst it is frustrating, and by God, we do need to start turning this around form-wise, I personally think that McKenna is definitely the man for the role. I would have full faith that he will sort it with his coaching staff because whereas under previous managers, I'd probably be a little bit concerned that they wouldn't go into the in-depth analysis and detail that we know McKenna will go forensic on to try and identify things to improve upon. And I think that, yes, we need to improve, but I fully believe that the the over-dramatization, the, the, the meltdowns on, on social media are just, are just strange at this point. They're just odd behavior because it's almost like people have forgotten. It's like we remember back till August, and that's our entire view of Ipswich Town Football Club. You know, how many years were we were we struggling and just bemoaning the lack of everything for a whole season rather than two or three months? So, yeah, for me, we do need to turn it around. The form is disappointing. The players have to stand up. But if you're just going to go to a football match to boo people and criticise and shout C-bombs and F-bombs at your, at your captain at full time, then there's, there's there's no point going, is there? You know, we need to be behind the behind the team. I don't think it's any real coincidence that one of the best performances I've seen recently was that Burnley game I keep referring to, where a thousand fans sung pretty much nonstop for 90 minutes. That was quite clear on the iFollow audio and the, you know, any kind of commentary and stuff. So I think the players do feed off it. And, and yeah, we need to get back to, you know, being behind the players because the division, the, what did you call it? The catastrophization, if that's a word, of the of the current situation. I don't think does anybody any good, neither the, the club nor the fan base. What, what are your views on it? What do you think? Yeah, I, a lot of that you've said really well. Um, my thinking is McKenna has is the kind of coach that will be constantly trying to develop and evolve the, the playing style, and he'll be acutely aware of our limitations. The idea that he can flick his fingers, though, and fix those problems overnight um, it just doesn't happen in football. You know, it's, it took McKenna, you know, a good few months to establish a way of playing um, when he arrived and even during the summer. Um, so you, the idea that we can fix things just by flicking fingers or signing a couple, you know, a few players in the January window, I just, I think people need to... Um, Definitely just take a breath. I, I can out. totally understand. Chill out. Let's all calm down. Um, no, I can understand why people are disappointed, right? And, and expectations mm, yeah. have been um, have been raised. But 
I, I remember saying it in preseason, Seb, and I'll say it again. The idea that you can go from mid-table to automatic is a big stretch. And and I predicted as playoffs, admittedly third, because I thought it would be a challenge. And and League One is a challenge. It's a horrible, grotty league mm. where no one's going to do us any favours. And I think probably the, the main learning, having played Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday of late, where both of them have got an advantage on us is physicality and the availability of options in the central midfield, particularly Sheffield Wednesday. I think that was pretty clear that there were points on last Saturday where they they bullied us. And, yeah. I, and I think right now, I think we're trying to play the game the right way, but maybe there's a little bit of nastiness that we need in there and intensity that Joe was talking about. And, you know, I trust McKenna to get it right. And I also, and, and this is a personal thing as well. I know it's it's really easy for us to sit here and preach at football fans who pay their money. And that's not what this is at all. But in life, if you approach every situation with negativity, it just creates a virtuous, um, a vicious cycle of negativity. Negativity leads to negativity. Yeah. And we really need to kind of, I, I think I said it last week, um, but reset, recalibrate the way we think about things and realize we've got a really valuable role to play for the team off the field. You know, we set the mood around the club, um, whether we like it or not, or whether we know it or not. And right now, I, I think we're, the fan base is struggling quite fairly, um, but large portions of the fan base are a bit of a mood hoover right now. And we need to, I know it's easier said than done, but lift ourselves. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't want Saturday to be flat. You know, we can't go into Saturday and think, right, we're going to roll Forest Green over because we thought that we should roll over Bristol Rovers and we thought that we should roll over Oxford. And we, you know, all of these teams where we thought we deserve, you know, the game's won already. I think if we have a bit of humility and reset and try to engage and energize and bring the obvious passion, you know, this is what we see, the emotion on Twitter is people is people's emotion people love the club i get that but i think as i say take a breath and try to channel it in a way that is constructive i think everyone's lives would be much more improved so there's 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 seb and i's state of the nation on things it's it is a tricky time it is a tricky time and you know i don't want to come here and slag off our supporters because people travel in great numbers oh yeah yeah no everyone's got a right to be disappointed it's it's not gone to plan the last few months do you think as a fan base and maybe as a club if we become a bit arrogant and it's a new sentiment because for so long we were the underdogs punching above our weight in in the championship and now we just naturally assume that you know given the money spent we have a god-given right to be top of the league do you think that's crept in a little bit amongst amongst all of us maybe in some areas but i'm convinced that We've all got the scars of 2014, 15, 2004, 2005, 2001, 2002, where essentially we, we, you know, each instance is a little bit different, but essentially there's a point where we are in a position of really of strength, the position of strength to progress and to move on. And for some reason we throw it all away. There's a, you know, to, borrow the phrase that we keep seeing on Twitter. There's a bottle job about Ipswich. And I think this is the situation right now, which is people assumed that because McKenna had got us playing so consistently and we just missed out last season, we'd added into the squad. We started the season really well, which is probably, yeah. again, um, Lambert situation, 18, 19 and 2021. 20, Both seasons died positively and then fell away. I think people are just angry that it's happening again. I think that's probably it. I think people hoped for different but we are just, it's Groundhog Day, isn't it, with the way that the season's gone. And But 
different manager, different players. Um, and there's a long old way to go in the season yet. So don't give up. I think probably automatics is a stretch because Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth just need to keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, I agree with but, that. But people throwing the towel in on playoffs, I think, yeah, let's 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 try and regroup and um and bring that positivity if we can. And we know that the fan base is is so good, Seb, because last time um town fans are buying food banks, did donations, they were it was unprecedented, wasn't it? And yeah, um if ever there's a quality segue there from trying to encourage people to bring positivity this was great last time and the guys are back again aren't they in the fan zone this saturday do you want to give us some details and i'll put imagery on the screen to yeah show back, people back in the fan zone between half 12 and 245 if you go to at itfc underscore fsf on twitter you can see that list there that you've put on the screen is the list of the things in demand and general advice of what to bring along apparently last time we went absolutely superbly so fingers crossed they'll get a similar kind of reaction and turnout this time and it's just an example of what we can do as you know town fans of the community and help those less fortunate than ourselves so please if you can spare some time and some you know a bit of money for it please get down there and yeah, go and, go and see the list on Twitter. Take all that stuff along, and I'm sure the guys will be incredibly gener- incredibly receptive to take it. Yeah, and the Twitter is at ITFC underscore FSF, and we will retweet, as we have done all week, uh, all week and those on the podcast, um, bits and pieces, um, that ev- everything that you'd put in the cupboard, basically, the food cupboard. Yeah. And I think cash donations also welcome as well. So um, all the best to the guys at Fan Supporting Food Banks, um, and... There's some positivity to start your footballing weekend off with there as well. Um, so do get involved in that. Um, ITFC women have a weekend off um, due to international call-ups. And just prior to recording, um, one of those players um, called up um, for England under-19s. Fred Godfrey had scored against Germany, which is exciting. Um, and they're back in action. Um, very rapid turnaround in facing Watford, who we drew with a few weeks ago, one all. Um, back at the AGL next weekend, We'll have a um, special ITFC Women preview show um, with hopefully a couple of the players and Kieran Stanley, as always, um, and some exciting news um, to announce at the start of next week. Um, spoiler alert, we're one of the sponsors for the game. So, um, yeah, we'll be, we're looking forward to that one and hope plenty of people get down to the AGL next Sunday for that one. It's a big game um, right at the top of the division. Um, so and we yeah, owe them one involved. after that late equaliser, don't yeah. we? We owe them one after that. that Revenge... Really- is due definitely um talking about um well this just is this scripted guys that's what we want to know does rich come up with his segues on the spot from the top of the league seb to the bottom of the league this weekend for forest green poor forest green who i'm sure all of us have a weird soft spot for either because they're they're ethically minded you might be a vegan you might be down in the southwest we've got a lot of our friends down in the itfc southwest supporters branch down in that neck of the woods you might have gone to the game at the start of the season when blimey the sun was was, out the sky was blue we all got a little bit sunburned and sam morsey scored a worldie from outside the area um how times have changed but yeah forest green it's not been the adventure in league one that they were hoping for so is it 
It's not, has it? No. I think when we did the, the preview show with Gab in the summer, I think we all, you and me, I think we had them to, to stay up. We thought they'd struggle a little bit, but certainly not to be rooted bottom. And that's where they find themselves. They're bottom of the league with 22 points and seven points away from, from safety. Played 32 games, won five, drawn seven, lost 20, only scored 25 goals and conceded 59, which, you know, is going to absolutely kill you, isn't it? Last five games, no wins, four defeats and one draw. Their away form relevant for them coming to Portman Road is, is poor. 26 second in the league with only 10 points from 16 games. They've only won one game away all season. The last five away games are three defeats and two draws. They haven't won since the start of December. I think it was December the 10th at the weekend we played Peterborough. They uh, they won at home to Cambridge. Um, so we're coming up what, over two months now without any Cambridge. Kind of yeah. Sorry, Cambridge. Did I say? Yeah, no, I know. I'm, I was about to have a bitch and a moan oh, about Cambridge. Cambridge are in my list. Everybody apart Along from us, yeah. Charlton Oxford. and Wickham. Oxford, you've got to put on that same list. You bunch of shithouses. I'm getting that in there now. (laughs) Turn up for bloody us and don't turn up for anyone else. I hate League One. Um, Cambridge, you muggy bunch of what's-its. Yeah, keep going, Seb, sorry. And they've kept just two clean sheets all season, none of which have been away from the new lawn. So I guess if you wanted a game to bounce back with... Don't, don't. Why? <laughs> Are you going to clip it after a one-all draw against Forest Green? If you want a side to bounce back up against, back bounce back, bounce back against, then surely the team in such awful form at the bottom of the league is 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 who you would pick, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who else did <laughs> you pay, pick? Logically, on paper, it is, isn't it? At least, yeah. Well, I'd probably go for a mid-table team that we know has fifty-five percent possession and doesn't like the low block. But <laughs> I'm pretty certain everyone's going to play the low block against us, whether we like it or not. So, um, get used yeah. to it. It's not going anywhere, is get it? Get used to it. Yeah. Talk to us about um, last time out. Obviously, um, form not great, as you mentioned on the longer term, and we'll talk about a managerial change as well um, yeah. shortly. Um, but no improvement midweek. No, no immediate improvement with the new manager coming in. They lost 1-0 uh, at New Lawn to Charlton on Tuesday night. Corey Blackett-Taylor with the decider after 12 minutes. Not great possession, 39% possession, 13 shots, but only one on target. They forced nine corners, so there was a little bit of pressure in the Charlton box. But yeah, from, from all the stats and all the highlights, it looked like yeah, a fairly comfortable Charlton victory. So yeah, with, with the new manager coming in, who we'll discuss this in a minute, I guess we'd expect a little bit of a, a little bit of takeoff, shall we say, but it's just not kicked in for them. And as you alluded to at the start of the show we last played them back in august it must have been the second game of the season i think it was wasn't it on that gloriously oh. hot day we all got bussed up the hill to the stadium and tried the vegan the vegan food and went to use the toilets where they recycled the urine to put onto the pitch and, and it was a lovely day marcus harness kind of lashed one home from around the penalty spots sam morsey then scored with that great goal where it was hard to tell if it had gone in due to a combination of was it dark nets and shadow and yeah, yeah. shadow and sun and yeah 2-1 victory they pulled one back in the second half uh, josh march got a goal back for them but it was pretty comfortable we saw it out fairly fairly straight forward and yeah it was yeah got our season up and running didn't it yeah i mean the goal that we conceded was pretty ipswichy wasn't it though mm. kind of second phase from a corner wasn't it if i remember rightly or is a deep cross that we didn't clear well but yeah that morsey goal was decent and yeah traveled in good numbers and it's a weird old place to go and watch your football though isn't very it? very strange i'm glad it was a hot day in august i wouldn't like to do it in like Ooh, a no. night in january that would be horrible quite a few postponements haven't they as well yes. up the top yeah, of the hill. yeah um but yeah they're looking to move aren't they didn't they have they that, they've got permission for a big stadium no, a, a bigger stadium um just near the m5 i think haven't they i'm sure yeah we discussed that last time so yeah it, it was an experience to do i'm glad i did it but i wouldn't have fancied it in the, in the winter months 
Yeah. So I mean, we we mentioned this, Seb, at the start of the season when we did our pre-season show with Gab. We kind of th- thought they'd have the momentum, didn't they? That yeah. Top of the league champions. Um, it was a good season for them last year, wasn't it? You you, you usually see that kind of double bubble momentum-y kind mm. of, but the other promoted sides seem to have adapted better, don't they? Well, Port Vale, I guess, are the, the 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 real example of that, and to a lesser extent, I guess maybe Bristol Rovers. Yeah, they won the league, didn't they? They went up and uh, they eighty four points joint with Exeter, but a better goal difference of seven means they win the title. And yeah, they were scoring goals fairly freely at that level. They had a couple of players who you thought maybe could make the step up into League One, but for whatever reason, it's just not happened. I know they had a big loss with Rob Edwards moving on to Watford under. It was fairly acrimonious, wasn't it? If I remember, if I remember rightly, didn't. I think they weren't happy about it. Yeah, they did a statement, didn't they? Yeah, I think they may have accused Watford of tapping him up. Tapping up, yeah. Allegedly. Yes, lawyers. of course. Of course, <laughs> for all the Forest Green lawyers that are watching. Yeah, um, yeah they, 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 there was a statement definitely put out. So I guess that might have thrown their their plans into uh, a spanner in, the, in their plans going into summer recruitment. A spanner in their plans. Yeah, I don't know. What that's a spanner in the plans, everyone. A spanner yeah. in the works going yeah. into their summer kind of strategy and recruitment meetings and, and, and stuff like that. But yeah, you, you normally see the side that wins the league tends to have that momentum ride through to kind of finish comfortably. Exeter are an example of, of that. But for them, it just it just hasn't happened, does it? No, and you would think January. We would, we talked about January transfer windows, didn't we, a few weeks ago about, ago about um, do you use it to make incremental change or do you use it to fix um, underlying issues that you haven't had a chance to sort out? And it's chaotic to me on the outside, Seb. This January business. We talk about the new manager that came in in January as well, but lots of business going on here. That and I and we we discussed this beforehand. You can't really see a huge amount of structure or strategy behind it either i can't work it out at all they have 11 arrivals four of which are loans they have 13 departures 10 of which are loans their top striker goes i think their second top striker goes they i I can't work out the plan at all for the vast majority of the window ian birchner the former manager is still in charge so i'm assuming it's him and the recruitment team that are signing off on these kind of deals is it a chance to just look to bring in some fresh some fresh blood and try, you know, hopefully you stumble across something and get enough points to see you through. It's a, a, a very strange window. They haven't gone for... Sometimes you see sides in this kind of uh, predicament, a bit like Cambridge, who go out and sign the likes of Michael Morrison and Bennett at the back to add a bit of, you know, nous and, and experience. They don't seem to have really done that. Some of the signings are uh, a younger kind of lone player. So it's very hard to see what their, what their strategy was, which I guess, again, is an explanation for why they find themselves where they are Connor Wickham, obviously, is the name that we all know. He departed. He went quite early in the window. I think it was like the 5th or 6th of January. His short-term deal had expired. He was the top scorer with six goals in 13 starts. And he, he had a spell out, didn't he? He only joined Cardiff in the last sort of 10 days or so, Ooh. didn't he? So he was kind of without a club for a, for a month or so while he was trying to get himself a, a, a move kind of lined up. Uh, Jamal, Jamal Matz has gone to Warsaw. He was one of the strikers who was kind of scoring relatively freely at League Two level. Matt Stevens, a striker, has gone to Warsaw. Josh March, the guy that got the goal against us, another centre forward, has gone to Stevenage. He had four goals and 16 appearances. So you're talking there of kind of four strikers who've all departed the building and they haven't really looked to replace them with similar kind of numbers Jordan Garrick can play as kind of a right forward right winger he's coming from Swansea I think he's got two goals so far since he's joined Amadou Bakayoko has come in from Bolton in the centre forward role Charlie Savage was he one of the ones on work experience a couple of years ago with us is that, is that I'm sure he from Man United Do you remember we had we had a couple of players on like a young oh, did we 
Yeah, they came in like almost like on a work experience type thing. It must have been when McKenna was here because of that link. Obviously, son of son of Robbie Savage. He's gone there on loan, central midfielder. Tyler Oniago's gone there on loan from Everton. Again, another central midfielder. So it's strange. They've brought in kind of very young, possible high-ceiling Premier League loans to kind of get them out of this mess. And I guess they, they, they kind of brought in two strikers to replace the four that have departed. So a, a really, really strange way to kind of you know go about your January business maybe if the manager change had happened halfway through the window I can understand it a little bit more but as we'll talk about now with the the manager coming in there was only three or four days left for the window so the strategy seems very very strange also worth saying they've let a bit of experience go as well David Davis who I think was at Shrewsbury last year I think he's like 31 32 central midfielder been around the game for for a long while he's gone out to Solihull Moors on loan so again an example of a strange strategy where you're letting somebody with hundreds of league game appearances walk out your door and you're replacing them with two basically kids from Premier League side. So, yeah, a strange one that I cannot really work out why they've done it this way. Let's talk about Duncan Ferguson then. we I remember us talking about Ian Birchner in the, in the pre, um, pre-match show ahead of the, the game at, at Forest Green and f- definitely had kind of shades of a Graham Potter type appointment that when at Brighton, not Chelsea. Um, and it's just not really worked out for him, has it? Uh, there. No, obviously, yeah. Not really a surprise, that decision? No, potentially. I mean, the, the form of their room was so poor, they had to do something, I guess. So he comes in from Notts County last summer after they lost in the playoff semi-final stage to Grimsby in the National League. So he wasn't really coming in with any kind of success behind him. And he's just not been able to get them going at all, has he? But Big Dunk has mm-hmm. taken his first official kind of managerial role in the game. I really like incongruous. Do you, do you like him? Well, it's very I, I, strange, isn't it? Because you kind of yeah. you think of Duncan Ferguson as I'm um, sure we all saw him at Old Trafford when he was just like in a shirt in freezing cold conditions, geeing up the Everton fans. And you kind of figure the the club ethos of Forest Green and their owner and what they're trying to do maybe doesn't necessarily fit with his his character type. I think didn't somebody ask him in the first press conference if he had a vegan pasty or something yet? And the answer was a very short no, not yet, or something. So it's, also, it's a strange appointment given what they're trying to do off the field. I think. Yeah, look, that's what I mean. Like, you look at it and it just doesn't fit right. I mean, a great coup for them. Oh yeah, but I'm, I, yeah, the fact that they've not really kicked on yet under him doesn't necessarily surprise me because I think he's a he's a galvanizer and unites the squad. But it must be so disheartening being a Forest Green player right now. And you know, this isn't a team that's hovering outside or just below the relegation zone. Um, this is a team that's been down there for quite a while. And I, I wonder whether tactically he's astute enough to figure out a strategy for them. Or, yeah, do you want to remind us about his... Because he's basically been around Everton for so long now. And yeah, he's How many caretaker, Joel, caretaker <laughs> yeah. spells has he had? Two, three, is it? I think so, yeah. Obviously, he's best known for his playing career at Everton, Newcastle, and then returning back to Everton. Everyone knows what he's like as a as a character. I think he looked after the club. Was it before Ancelotti came in? Maybe one of the many mm. managers they fired he over really the last well, two didn't three he? seasons. He did okay, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, like I say, I remember him at Old Trafford. I don't know if they won or got a draw, but he was there on a cold day. I think he was just in his shirt and tie and you know, in front of the Everton fans, giving it the big. And so I like him as a character, but he's not got them going at all. He's had three 
losses and a draw in his time in charge. I remember the first game they lost, they were winning until the 94th minute. Was it Shrewsbury? Shrewsbury 94th yeah. minute equaliser, 98th minute winner by Shrewsbury. So, yeah, I guess if they're doing a, a sliding doors moment on Duncan Ferguson's time in charge in a, a year or two's time, that surely will be will be one of them. Obviously, we know him as a you know a physical, strong, big brute centre forward. <laughs> physical, yeah, understand. An old, yeah. an old school centre forward. He's a so. bruiser. Yes, very much so. So I guess you can expect, you know, physicality, passion, desire, all those kind of character traits you associate with him. He'll be looking to get across to the to the guys on the pitch. I, I like him. I think he's a, yeah, I think he's great a real character. Yeah. And I'm very surprised he went there, especially given the fact that wasn't Lampard sacked before he took the job at Forest Green. And I kind of thought he might get Everton mm. somehow in the building as even a, a caretaker role or whatever to try and galvanise them. So it is a real, real coup for them. And fair play to him for dropping down and for doing yep. things the hard way. You know, it's probably easy to turn up at Everton as a first team coach where you are an icon and everyone loves you and try and, you know, have a relatively easy life. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for players, take, or ex-players taking themselves out of their comfort zone and to take a job, a relatively thankless job at the bottom of League One for your first job is quite impressive, I think. Yeah, well, he's and he's kind of following the path of Scott Brown and Mark mm. Kennedy kind of thing, isn't he? Um, so, yeah, well, I guess... Well, that would we... be a clash on the touchline, wouldn't it? Yeah, when does Fleetwood Brown. pay Forrest Green yeah. for Scott Brown against Duncan Ferguson? That would be tough. But yeah, as you say, I, I kind of from the outside, I, it doesn't feel like a fit to me. But, uh, you know, after this weekend, I think we wish him well and Forrest Green well. And if he can do something, then good on him. Um, I'll be honest, if I bumped into him before the match, I'd wish him well on Saturday as well. <laughs> <laughs> Please <laughs> don't away. have I'm sorry. Yeah. Good luck, Duncan. <laughs> um yeah, so yeah, good luck, Duncan. Um, hope you're not listening. Um, I I lifted some stats before we um recorded, um, just to compare, um, three things that off the top of my head I thought stats wise could I find a difference between pre and post Ferguson. Um, so I found possession stats, total shots, and fouls. Um, right. So pre Ferguson, um. Average possession for the four games. Uh, he's been in charge for four games. So yep. it's the previous four games. Um, 50% possession on average for those matches, including 63% in one of those games where I think they battered Bolton and lost 1-0, which is the kind of games I'd love to see us have. Um, since he's come in, 38% on average in the four games he's been in charge. You mentioned, you mentioned the possession against Charlton. That's standard. Um, actually, that's that's the highest they've had so far. 39 39%. Hours, yeah. They've had 32 um, 44, sorry, was the highest, 38, 39. Shots, he's gone up marginally, eight shots um, on average for the four games prior to him coming in, 11 um, after, and um, fouls, um, average nine before, 13 <laughs> after. It's the moderate <laughs> step up there in intensity, which I guess you'd expect. I think it's kind of running through brick walls kind of motivation, yes. isn't it? That kind of stuff. Yeah, so, it has, yeah. Yeah, that's what you'd expect. But he has changed things tactically, though, Seb, or at least in formation. He appears to have done, yeah, they used a three at the back. They were a solid three at the backside using three, four, two, one. At the backside? Um, for, for kind of for, for 15 occasions so far this year. But he's changed it. He's gone to a back four. He's used a four, two, three, one in three of the games and a four, three, three, ones, which is the same thing. You just advance a central midfielder, don't you? So he has made a tactical change. And interestingly, we spoke a minute ago about the, the high turnover of staff and of players in the January window. Only two personnel started against Charlton that started against us back in August. Wow. Yeah. 
So it kind of, yeah, stinks a little bit. It kind of reminds us of 1819 where we had high turnover in the window. You know, Colin Quainer, Will Keane, <laughs> James Bree, Callum Elder. They all join, don't they? And we kind of, you know, have massive, massive turnover. And yeah, we get absolutely nowhere with it. it. It does strike a little bit of that, I think. Talk to us about something that we mentioned, Jordan Garrick. is probably the big name that I'd be focusing on. Hamadou Bakayuko as well, but there's not many big names in there. And, and you mentioned Conor Wickham was the top scorer when he, when he left. He's the top scorer still now, isn't he? Yeah, six. Yeah, no one's got higher than him. Miles um, Pert Harris is the, the the top scorer of the players that are still there with four. He's an attacking midfielder who can play kind of central as the 10 or drift out left and play on the left-hand channel. Corey O'Keefe is a bit of a threat. He's got six yeah, assists. He's he's, got, he was yeah. one that started against us. He kind of was a right back, right wing back, right winger in the 4-2-3-1 Ferguson's been playing. He kind of plays as the right forward role um, with the, with Jordan Garrick, who you just mentioned, kind of playing on the left. Amadou Bakayoko's like to be the central striker he's got one goal since joining but Jamari Clark who's on loan from Reading he scored against Morecambe I think it was a couple of games ago so there's a thought that he might come in he's six foot two and a half nearly six foot three so there's a thought he might come in as a central striker to add a bit of kind of physicality the central midfield isn't very adventurous Dylan Magooch and Ben Stevenson if you look at the heat maps they both just kind of sit they kind of don't like to get advanced over the over the kind of halfway line their role in the team is is, is very very clear the defenders and the fullback aren't overly adventurous again the heat map is an awful lot of red in their own half they don't seem to want to kind of bring the ball out or look to push the wing backs on so I, I guess it's going to be another low block for us to kind of deal with and they've changed the keeper as well Ross Dewan's the the regular keeper now Luke McGee was the uh, was the first choice when he was in goal against us in the August game but he's gone to Derby so they've just had change all throughout the team and yeah they're gonna really have to work hard to get any kind of rhythm going with this amount of disruption in personnel and managerial changes yeah, and in, in terms of the stats, they just, as you'd expect, I mean, the league table doesn't really, the old cliche, the league table doesn't lie. Um, shots per game, uh, you know, these these are away iterations of the stats. Shots per game is nine. Um, it's the 19th highest in the league. Um, shots in total, 18th in the league, 149 in total for across the season. On target, three shots per game, 20th. Goals, four. 19th highest with 14 um do quite do quite, score quite a few set piece goals um, and actually have um the most direct free kick assists in the league if that makes sense so goals scored from a free kick rather than um and a free kick assist rather than a second phase or something like that you know so a cross in and someone heads in um three goals scored that way but yeah xg below one lowest in the league Away moderately better, 21st, but actually it's lower than their overall number. And yeah, they're, they're even scoring less than their XG as well. So um, not great. Possession low, 44%. Um, aerial duels uh, surprised me as well. Aerial duels. Um, that will, I'm sure that will improve over the next few months yeah, with Mr. Well, Ferguson in the coaching seat. Average 17 aerial duels, one per away game, which is 23rd. Um, Ipswich are worse. Um, we are the, well, 20th. I, I think got my sequencing wrong here. I'm not sure. I think we are worse or we're down there on aerial duels, which I guess isn't necessarily a surprise. You mentioned the no clean sheets, um, the goals conceded stuff, not great. Um, they are making the most tackles per game though in the league one, 19.6. It's not doing much for them though, is it? That's the real um, quiz. 
That's Never the mind the league quiz. table. That's the real quiz. Yeah, interceptions not great. Joint twenty fourth in away interceptions with Ipswich Town. I was surprised at that when I saw it on the script. Yeah. I'm surprised we're so bad at it's central midfield though, isn't it? You know, we need back Cole Skews. Do you remember he was nicknamed the interceptor oh, at King one of point? The interceptor, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of yellow cards. Um, I'm sure that I didn't check the yellow card number pre and post Ferguson. And yeah, XGA, Seb, talk to us about this. Massively, yeah, so, um, yeah problematic. Yeah, so the there. XGA is 39.7. So they should have conceded about 40 goals for the chances they faced so far this season. But they've conceded 59 goals. So I don't know what is going on with that. I'll leave XG to you to explain and try and find logic and read them with. But any side that is conceding kind of 19 or 20 above what they should have been conceding is going to find themselves bang in trouble, aren't they? Yeah, maybe they're goals like Morsey's. I don't know. Um, you know, low XG shots that just keep going in. It's similar to us, maybe. Maybe um, when you look at the Plymouth game, maybe Ballymumba banged in three from 30 yards on volleys against yeah. them. Yeah, maybe I, I, that's an assessment of the XG bit rather than the goals conceded. Maybe it's a, a suppressing of the XGA number because the chances that they give up aren't the best, um, but teams just manage to score. Yeah. Don't know, but yeah, you're right. It's a weird. Um, and a very problematic um, delta. There's a stats word for people. Um, and you've spotted some other bits and pieces. Possession one in the final third. Talk to us about that. Yeah, one they're, they're, they're rubbish at it. So possession one in the final third is only, is 22nd in the league. So that to me suggests a team that sits off, doesn't press, or if they do press, they're really, really rubbish at it. And they've conceded five penalties as well. So I think that was uh, second or third in the league for, for worst against. So yeah, maybe, well, we'll probably miss it anyway, but maybe there's a chance <laughs> we might get the chance to a bit of redemption from the Wednesday game if we get a penalty at Port Road on Saturday. But yeah, aside that all the stats just breed out are, let's face it, a relegation side um, that Ferguson's got a hell of a job on his hands to try and turn around. So in summary, you're telling me there's a chance. Back after this. Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth, and the development of an AI centre of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge, with more. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. 
To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there. Supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Follow. Let's talk about us, shall we? Um, uh, people bemoaning the, the rotation. What the hell do we do? <laughs> but we need, uh, there'll, be, there'll be rotation, won't there? Yeah. Um, I mean, we need the central midfield desperately needs a, a Luongo presence, doesn't it? Really open that he's Bit, don't we? We need definitely give, if either if Morsey or Humphreys need a break, don't they? Well, it'll be Humphreys, I guess, won't it? Morsey being the captain, etc. Yeah, if he's fit, even if we can only get a half out of him, an hour out of him, please God, hopefully, he can get in there because that central midfield's just been absolutely decimated, hasn't it? Poor Humphreys and Morsey look absolutely knackered. They're like being they're being flogged to death at the moment. So, any chance we've got to get somebody else in there, even for half a game or a third or two thirds of a game, then please use it. Did he say he said Luongo? You see, he wasn't out, was he? It would be a late test and stuff for the weekend. He was saying he might yeah. be okay along with Edmondson. So, fingers crossed if we can get something out of him to give one of those guys a break. They'll have to play in the second half because I'd be astounded if Luongo can play 90 minutes given how little football he's played for the last kind of 18 months. Um, but but if we can get something out of him, then then yeah, let's do that because that central midfield is what is absolutely crippling us in the moment. It's, it's, it's just it's like Joe was saying on last night's show, that kind of it's, it's one of the major issues we're facing it's kind of stemmed all our problems isn't it because we've lost so many players in that position and we are now flogging players to death because we cannot get anybody else in there and it's yeah it's really really hampering us isn't it i think now is the time to play all of the big money january signings what do you say about that so hearst broadhead and clark. clark and okay not yeah because longer wasn't it was a free signing wasn't he um yeah, he clearly likes Hurst, doesn't he? Hurst got the nod uh, starting against Wednesday. I guess I know it's his old club. And Ladapo was back in against um, uh, against Bristol. So, yeah, Hurst, Broadhead, I think, has to start. He kind of shows a bit of willingness to attack and running with the ball and looking to get forward and, and link with the strikers. What, what, what we can't do is what we did against Bristol where we're playing attacking players and tens who leave the striker so isolated. Mm. You know, I love a Luco to bits, but he does drop deep for the ball. You know, at least when you've got a chaplain or a broadhead on the pitch, you know that central striker is going to be kind of well supported with players getting in and around him. So I think both of those have to start. I'm not sure about Burns. He just seems to be way off it at the moment. But if it's going to be a low block, then I guess Jackson's pace is going to be pretty ineffectual anyway. So maybe you kind of stick with Harness out wide right instead. And the defence, I think Clark will come back in, won't he, for, for Danassiano. Dassi got the nod against uh, against Bristol, but surely Clark will come back in for you know what should be a decent chance to attack and you know really, really go at a side. Yeah, and it's harsh on Ladapo to bring in Hurst, but I kind of got the... I think all of us, and Joe has said this a few times on the pod, the sense is that Hurst was the primary target. Yeah. Um, the fact it's alone probably doesn't change anything in that respect. Um, so now's a good time as any to give him a start, isn't it? Absolutely. And realistically, you might be able to get him in the summer as well. So you're going to want to play him to kind of a try before you buy option. I don't I don't think Leicester have got any designs on keeping him. There might be a bit of a bidding war in the summer. If we go up, it'll be a lot, lot easier to do that. But even if we stay down, then it's, you know, one, two million quid. They might still look to do it because he's a good age. He's a good pedigree. I thought he was decent against Wednesday. I know he was fired up for it. I wish he'd taken that penalty. That was so frustrating that, you know, Chaplin kind of pulled rank. If Chaplin's the nominated taker, then absolutely fine. That's what you have to do. But I'd love to see him smash that down the middle and then run with the with the ears cup to the Wednesday fans. Yeah, that would have been great, wouldn't it? So, yes, I think he'll start. I think Chaplin has to come back in. Broadhead has to come back in. And I really don't know what you do on that on that right-hand side. But, yeah, I'd agree. Play the play the big guns, the people you've paid money for, the people that have to deliver to get us out of this league and, and let's see where we are. 
is now the time for Kyle Edwards. He's a game changer, isn't he? So against a low block, I guess maybe you need that spark and that kind of wild card. He does influence games well when he comes on. I thought he was okay the other night. He was very good against Cambridge and changed the game. But frustratingly, we stopped giving him the ball in that left-hand channel. So that was a bit of an annoyance. But I guess if he is, then you're going to have to leave leave out Broadhead, aren't you? I guess he could, he could play wide right instead of Burns, couldn't he? I don't know. I guess you just maybe sometimes need that that maverick, that bringer of chaos to try something different because as we've seen recently, you know, the repetition, the patterns of play that we're experiencing haven't really gone that well in recent games. So potentially he's one that could come in. He gives you something completely different that no one else in the squad gives you. And that moment of magic can make the the crucial difference. I'll tell you what I also wouldn't be adverse to, which the guys discussed last night as well. I wouldn't be adverse to Greg Lee getting a game either. Mm. Davis has played a lot of football. He's, you know, it's his first real season in kind of professional men's football, isn't it? And I just think he's looking a bit burnt out recently. I was really impressed by Lee away at Burnley. We know he's got a great leap on him. He's got a great kind of engine on him. He's a great athlete. And I'd have no qualms at all if, if Davis kind of sat this one out with an eye to MK next week and a, and a clear week training and Lee gets the nod. Because I think he deserves it. He's never let anybody down, like the guy said last night. And I'd have no problem if he was the, 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 the left wing back or left back. Yeah, I endorse that. Yeah, I'm um, agreed. Um, nice to hear that there'll be massive rotation which will definitely um, well, yeah, help everyone on changes, Twitter having kittens about be, that if, if Clark Lee let's say Luongo Hurst Broadhead, Broadhead. Chaplin all come in that's six isn't it yeah it's going to yeah. be yeah I guess that's just the world we're in at the moment brave new world we'll move yeah we'll, we'll predict we'll give our predictions shortly let's do some um, bits and pieces of plug plugging it's always the wrong word pluggery Pluggery is the wrong word. We need a better word, don't we? Um, the announcements. Um, as always, we're, we're brought to you in partnership with the Greyhound. Uh, do head down there before the game on Saturday. Get yourself a pint of Adnams out in the beer garden and join in the pre-match bants there. And also thanks to Innovation Labs, um, our other pre-match show partner. We mentioned the Telegram group. Do get in there. If you were like, as mentioned, if you're like me and finding Twitter a bit of a a chore to navigate right now head over to the telegram group where to be honest we've had some pretty heated discussion this week Mm. um and lots of different views but all done very respectfully um you can sign up for a two-week free trial and a subscription thereafter um and you can join us in the live discussion for the flagship show on sunday night 8 p.m ben in the host chair me and dave providing our thoughts on proceedings and definitely keen to hear your views as well in the chat. Um, 8 p.m. as always live on YouTube and on the podcast shortly thereafter. But as always, everything you need, Blue Monday, itfc.co.uk is the place to go. Merch store, social media links, all that kind of fun stuff, head over there. Um, one final thing that we need to um, um, definitely put our weight behind in supporting is, as well as um, fan supporting food banks, um, it's the, a new edition of Turnstile Blues. Um, we're going to have a chat with Matt Making now from the Turnstile Blues crew, all about it. Welcome back to the podcast, Matt Making, one of the Telegram VIPs, but also part of Turnstile Blues Central crew. What is your collective? What's the collective of Turnstile Blues, Matt? It is, it is literally the Turnstile Blues Collective. There you go. Welcome back. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, Rich. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me back. And I like the the halo kind of effect that you've got for as well above your head there. Like, Or you've had a very bright idea. I don't know what it is, but um, great to have you with us. Um, no, pleasure. 
Talk to us about um, the latest edition of Turnstile Blue um, out this weekend. Yes, so we got uh, issue twenty-seven of uh, of Turnstile Blues um, coming out. Oh. I know, I know. Twenty-seven is getting to thirties. Almost. It's the long-running joke. This is issue twenty-seven in what was going to be a one-off fanzine that we did started in twenty twelve, <laughs> and we we've now been going for over ten years and twenty-seven issues in. So, yep, this is uh, second issue of the season um, coming out before the Forest Green game at the weekend. Um, so it's the it's the usual mix of uh, irreverent uh, nonsense and. Uh, insightful uh, analytic writing that you've come to expect from Turnstile Blues. So um, we've taken a good look at um, how things have been since Game Changer uh, took over. We obviously poke a bit of fun at what happened in the second half at Oxford. Not so much the uh, the result, but more the uh, the fast call conditions with the fog and uh, uh, some invention of, uh, of rules by the ref. <laughs> um, I've taken a look at um, the women's side and sort of where we are um partway through the second season and life in the third tier and that that mad scramble to get that one promotion spot that's available to both the regional divisions at um step three in women's football um probably highlighted all the more uh recently with the comments uh from emma hayes which i know the women's supporters club have responded to today um we've had a look at kieran mckenna's dealings in the transfer market um he's, he's had a, he's had obviously the summer and then the january window just gone so we've looked at um sort of what the hits and the misses have been there um we're also taking the time to um, talk about John Duncan. Uh, he's, he's passed away since we lasted an issue and, and sort of his, his legacy and his impact on the club. Uh, we've also got a guest piece from one of our friends, um, Darren, a.k.a. Blowers, who's a, a devout Baggies fan. And so he's been talking about what's been uh, not going so well at West Brom of, uh, of recent. So, yeah, it's, it's that usual mix. Um, and it's still just a pound. Just a pound, Seb. What you can't get anything for a pound, can you? No, that is amazing. To have something the same price as ten years ago is absolutely astounding, given the world we currently live in. So, no, absolutely superb value. Inflation proof. Where can we find you, Matt? Where can we rugby tackle you to get a copy? Um, so we're um, going to be in the Greyhounds before the match. Um, so the fans and fans zones, fanzines are going to be delivered there. So we'll, we'll be doing the rounds of the Greyhound before we head down to Portman Road. And we're aiming to get down there for about one thirty. We'll have sellers all around the ground by the statues of Sir Ralph, um, Sir Bobby. Um, I have normally have somebody outside the entrance to the fan zone, um, and we'll we'll have some some roving sellers as well, um, sort of doing. Uh, back and forth up and down Portman Road and Sir Ralph Ramsey Way. Anything on eBay or online? Yes, yes, we've got a few advanced copies already going up on eBay now. Um, so if you have a look, uh, I think it's Town Collectibles on Twitter. And Alistair Ross, who's another part of the collective, has already got some up on sale there and, and we'll be retweeting that from, from our Twitter, which is turnstile underscore blue. Fantastic. And we'll give that a retweet as well. Matt, I think we've. I think that's everything. Very thorough, as always. Can we get a prediction... From you at a forest green, we'd better than Seb's. So, ah, oh, well, it's it, it's. I don't want to, I don't want to use the the, the MW phrase, um, but I think a, a response is is certainly needed after Tuesday night. Um, I've, um, I'd like to think with Forest rock bottom of the table, I, I, I could be a confident three nil town. Go. But yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. I'm I'm hoping I'm right. I really am. <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite backing myself. We'll see how your score compares against the rest of us in a second. But Matt, for now, thank you. And wish all your, the Turnstile Blues Collective, all the very best from us. 
Thanks both. My pleasure. There you go, Seb. Shall we do some predictions? You bloody love predictions. Here we go. What a great week it has been in the predictions league. So smug. So annoying. And you know what? The deciding... I know what the deciding result was. I know because you texted me about it. (laughs) Um, Poor Paul, um, our Telegram... Um, contributor didn't um, continue his buying early form, um, but Seb and I, um, one point decided it. Seb, um, where was that point? It was the pessimistic, anti-fans, anti-football <laughs> result you gave uh, in the ITFC Sheffield the Wednesday game. You predicted a draw. You predicted nil-nil, didn't you? It finished two all. So you get the point for the fact it was a draw. I, who supported our club, who wanted us to win, who gave a Chichillian kind of response at the uh, speech at the end of the show to get behind the team and get behind the fans I find myself losing out on a point because I, I, I backed our club but that's just the Cursed. rules of this stupid feature <laughs> just facts mate they're just facts you can't argue with facts can Let's we bring look- back room 101 or something where oh no 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 <laughs> no for that no, I still right. have the um, I still have the music in here do you want to do you want to oh I'll let for, you- yeah once music, for old times. Yeah, for old times' sake, put it on once. To make you feel better about yourself. Here yeah. it is. I'm pretty pleased with that intro. That is, that is such a, that's a much better feature. I know we were struggling with things, but yeah, I'd give anything for that right now rather than this this rubbish. If you want room um, Football Room 101 to come back at... Um, Blue Monday ITFC and at least at my own Twitter I don't give a crap you can ask me all you want it's not coming back If you, put it in the comments as well if you want Football Room 101 and maybe we'll canvas some ideas for towards the end of the season when when it's too late when I've plymouth you or Sheffield Wednesday do you and <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're lingering right behind there are some interesting games this weekend um, I always think that Port Vale and Exeter are playing each other every week seemingly that I feel like they've played each other about 20 times this season but I've highlighted the ones involving um, teams in the playoff hunt. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> but there's no point looking at what Sheffield Wednesday are about to do because we're pretty in the to bash MK3-0. But Cheltenham yeah. at um, Barnsley, no surprises. We're all going for two-goal margins there. We're all expecting Derby to, to rally against Charlton as well at home. You'd be surprised if they don't win that one, Seb. I think so. Yeah, I think those two sides have got pretty easy kind of rounds this week, which makes our game against Forest Green a bit of a blessing as well. The interesting one is Wickham Bolton, isn't it? Bolton been on a hell of a run of form. Smashed Peterborough 5-0 last weekend, won again in the week. And 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 yeah, you've gone for a narrow Wickham win. They did us a favour against Derby, didn't they? Was it 3-2 in the end against Derby last weekend? So that really helps. They kind of halted their amazing run of form. So that would be nice if they could do us a favour as well. I, I've gone for a one-all. I think it'll be a draw because I think Bolton are in epic form at the moment so I, I, I can't see Wickham beating them um, but but I've gone for the draw and some, some, some drop points and hopefully a bit of a momentum killer like it was for Derby and Paul's splitting the difference as well I love how we've got we've got all we've got the, the all the outcomes sorted there so we'll see who's who's got the preemptive wisdom um, on that fixture and we mentioned Sheffield Wednesday at home to Milton Keynes routine um, where are Plymouth? I can't see Plymouth now. Home to Fleetwood. They're home to Fleetwood, so that's another routine win. So, yeah, sorry, chaps. I can't see any kind of pullback for the top two this weekend. And I love how we've all got Lincoln to draw one all at Portsmouth. It's kind of the default, default. Yeah. scoreline at Lincoln, yeah. isn't it? Let's talk about us. We've all gone for um, wins to nil 
Um, even me, but only a narrow 1-0. I just hope it won't be. I hope you're right as a 2-0, but we've got to be open for more, haven't we? I don't care how we win. I don't care. I'll, I, if it goes in off, if, if it's a 1-0 in the last minute going off somebody's shin from a deflected something, I don't care. We just have to find a way to win this oh, game. No. I don't oh. think, yep, yeah, fine, I'll take it. I don't think we can look up the league anymore. I don't think we can look down the league. I think we just need to worry about ourselves at the moment, get ourselves back on some sort of running winner form, running, yeah, running win, running form. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Come words, on, mate. Come on. Some words. Uh, we need to to go on a run of really good form and that surely has to start against the side that are bottom of the league and bottom for almost all metrics and all stats so yeah i don't care how it happens just win clip that on your podcast thank you seb thank you to paul as well from our telegram group we'll be back next week um i was gonna say something very smug i won't say that we'll come, we'll come back next week and we'll see who's won shall we let's let me put it that way um, i hope yeah. i beat you i really hope yeah, i beat you next yeah, week yeah, yeah. you won't do it yeah, always when I click the button. You, it'll be me on. and Ben next week. You watch. If he's lost, it'll be me and Ben doing the, doing the show. I do. I think I deserve a week off, do I not? Um, but yeah, as always, Seb has the final word when I press the button. So there you go. Anything else you want to add? No, press the button. Thank you if you've made it this far with all of um, basically Seb and my shenanigans and unprofessionalism and moans and rants and what have you. Hopefully we've given you some insights um, for Forest Green on the weekend. Um, and as always, head down to the Greyhound, join us on Telegram, um, join us for the flagship show, buy a copy of Turnstile Blues. Anything else, Seb? Am I missing anything else? Give us a, um, a review, a podcast review or a YouTube thumbs up is always very much appreciated as well. Subscribe to get content in your YouTube feed, whatever it's called, subscription inbox. I don't know. Um, but thank you for watching. Um, safe traveling for everyone who's coming up for the game. Make some noise. Let's make some noise. Let's be positive. Let's get behind the team. Um, let's win. Anything else, Seb? I think that's basically covered it, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. That's basically it. Thanks for your, all your um, research, as always. And, and to um, you, mate. Thank you for hosting, as always. And yeah, I'll let you have the final word. You've just said my final word there. Oh, I don't sorry. care how you do it. Just win. Come on, you blues. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.